Greetings and salutations, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of NXT Talk, where we talk, well, NXT. We're your hosts, I'm Boris, and I'm joined by Matt. Bonjour, how's everyone's doing out there? How's everyone's doing out there? Are you from, are you all of a sudden, did you transport and become from Hamilton? <laughs> I'm not even French, that was the French immersion seeping out of me, that was... The uh, influence of grade six. Ah, there you go. What a what a week it's been. We have so much to discuss. As always, we are going to discuss NXT, hence the name of the show. And then also we are going to be running down, you know, what made us pop, what made us rant. We're going to run down our best and worst of the night. Um, and uh, wow, or sorry, just our best of the night. I think... We should also have our worst of the night, but that's for a future episode because last night would have been a lot to consider for worst. Um, <laughs> and then we're also going to discuss AEW full gear. We're going to go down match by match, um, give you a quick synopsis, give you our thoughts, and we are going to give you our quote unquote rating. And this week for AEW and NXT. We're going to use the same rating, and it's going to be what, Matt? It was your idea. It was a great idea. We're going to go bottles of rubbing alcohol out of five. Love it. Absolutely love it. All right, Matt, are you ready to get started? I was born ready to get started. All right. So the NXT November 11, 2020, live from the Capitol Wrestling Center in Winter Park, Florida. We start with an Armistice Day, Day video. So happy Veterans Day. Happy Remembrance Day to all of our vets. Thank you for doing what you do. Um, the show starts off in the Capitol Wrestling Center after the video. Decorated with patriotic banners, colors on the screen. Um, and a loud USA chant. We cut to the ring as we waste no time getting started to the first match of the night. Which was... Johnny Gargano versus a mystery opponent. So Johnny Gargano starts off in the ring with his new favorite uh, prop. Well, I guess his old new favorite prop, his most now hated prop. And that is a wheel, a wheel. Um, and I'm thinking of, every time I see a wheel, I just think of Animaniacs. Um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, wheel so, of morality, turn, turn, turn. Exactly. Um, so Johnny Gargano has a wheel with a bunch of names. Uh, he basically goes on to see, you know, um, he talks about the Gargano curse, uh, you know, basically that he loses his titles on the first offense. But tonight he plans on reversing the curse with one spin of the wheel of opponents. Um, the fans interrupt him with a loud and ruckus Johnny Sucks chant. Uh, but Johnny Gargano um, spins the wheel. As he says that, he says, where there's a wheel, there's a way. That actually made me laugh. Good line. Um, Good yeah. line. <laughs> I got to say, you know, heel Johnny is just getting better and better every week. Um, and, you know, it, he's starting to become like that annoying, pesky little runt, little brother that you always had. He's a specific kind of heel, but he's great. He's great at what he's trying to do. Yep. All right. So wheel spins and it lands somehow. Just by chance, on the handwritten um, opponent, which was Leon Ruff. 
Leon this is really funny because the, the wheel actually spun backwards and forwards, and it was very clear that it was rigged to land on whatever this handwritten name was, and it turned out to be Leon Ruff. Yep. All right, so Leon Ruff, this scrawny little kid. Um, you know, I, I really I really enjoy kind of like the, the character that he was portraying yesterday, like the goofball. Um, it was a lot of fun. I had a, you know, it was, it was really fun to watch. Uh, Beth Phoenix talks about how he was only a fan three years ago and then now an NXT star. Uh, Gargano motions to Ruff and the bell rings. Um, yeah, so it's basically um, Ruff getting a rough shot throughout the entire match. Uh, Gargano is just like, you know, uh-huh. just working him really hard. Uh, at some point, they end up outside. Damian Priest shows up. Um, Damian Priest shows up, you know, behind the glass. Uh, and then Gargano does the Damian Priest archery stance. Gargano plays a dumb heel, forgets that, well, the barrier ends. Gargano, and then Damian Priest is literally right behind Gargano. Gargano freaks out. Jumps back into the ring. Ruff gets a pin. One, two. And at this point, I'm like, oh, okay. They're not going to do the switch. Well, lo and behold, at some some point, somehow, your winner and new NXT North American champion, Leon Ruff. He might literally be the skinniest wrestler I've ever seen. They played it up, too. As soon as Leon Ruff won the belt, he's he's celebrating as though he had no idea this could possibly happen. It was a great title celebration. And he, he goes up the ramp and Damian Priest straps the belt around him. And then as soon as he stands up to celebrate, the belt falls to the ground because he's so small that the belt can't even stand up uh, stay up around his waist. Yeah. This was really... It, there wasn't much to this match, but with the, with the overall package, the big surprise, and the hilarious uh, post-match celebration, I would say I would rate this slightly above average, and it was a really fun segment to watch. I would uh, personally give this three rubbing alcohols out of five. Three bottles of rubbing alcohol. That stings. <laughs> no, but it, it was a yeah. lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, I have to ask the question, you know, does this diminish the North American title? Does this diminish titles in general? Um, what are your thoughts kind of with this hot shotting of the title, especially to a quote-unquote jobber? I think it works in small doses with the right person with the right title. So that's a lot of, uh, you know, caveats there. But like if they were doing this with the world title every week and, you know, Drake Maverick won the world title, that that would suck. But I think this is okay. It's the North American title. It's not the strongest title on the brand. And this kid obviously has something. He's he's a he's a great babyface. The crowd loved him. And I don't know. I, I think they clearly see something in him. And maybe he's Santino Morella. But, you know, Santino lasted for a good 10, 15 years as well. So. And now Santino, well, he for the longest time, he was giving us amazing shows at his gym along with the Iceman. So, you know. You never know what can happen. Um, I agree with you overall, and this really also escalates and furthers the ongoing feud with Gargano and Priest, which I honestly thought was done, but clearly it's not, and we're going to see where this takes us. Yeah, I'm excited for more of that, and I'm sure the North American title will be involved in that presentation somehow. Yeah. But this would be a clever way to, say, get it on a heel, just to pull one out of the ether, like a Timothy Thatcher. This would be a good way to just have... Whoever is the next heel to get this title could easily win it off Leon Ruff. So he'll 
probably be a transitional champion here. He probably won't go on a long run, but I like it. I like this specific instance of hotshotting the title. Yeah, I think they're going to really play up the fact that Leon Ruff is going to get at least one victorious title, uh, title defense, and Gargano's going to have a further freak out. Um, so basically, Gargano freaks out. He's telling the ref, no, no, no. They cut backstage. Um, Mackenzie um, Mitchell is uh, with uh, Leon, asks him about his impressive upset. Priest walks over and warns Leon to leave as a pissed-off Gargano was about to come through the nearby door. Um, Leon in- listens to Priest and flees as the roster and officials backstage applaud him for the win. So I just really thoroughly enjoyed this. Gargano and Ruff then go back and forth with some words. Um, William Regal shows up. Uh, Gargano is angry. Re- um, Gargano then yells to Regal, do your job. And Regal says he will. Cut to the ring. Uh, we, ha- uh, n- we have our next match which is the NXT Cruiserweight Championship with your champion Santos Escobar versus Jake Atlas. All right. So one of the comments I made yesterday while watching this match was this was the least Cruiserweight Cruiserweight match I've ever seen by two Cruiserweights. That's a, That was a really good way to put it. I can't actually think of like a spectacular spot or like, you know, a, yeah. a crazy move that they really did. I guess there was like, a, there's like a, I don't know. I, Atlas does some like athletic things always. He, he does like a, like a cartwheel into it. Like a, maybe it's a DDT. He's, he's, he's flying around the ring a little bit, but that's a really good point. Yeah. <laughs> I hadn't, uh, I hadn't thought of that watching this match. Yeah. Like, I think, it- uh. I, I just I, I I would like to see these guys in a match that they aren't strapped for time. It feels like every time they have a match, it goes five minutes and they don't really get a chance to do anything. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. I also feel, and this is just my personal opinion, these guys don't have the chemistry that you need to, you know, throw your body midair, corkscrew, and pray to God that the guy you know, catches you. Um, there was that one spot where Jake Atlas, uh, does a, um, a dive to the outside and almost face plants, but luckily Escobar kind of moves forward enough to not make it so obvious that it was a screw up, but you know, they were able to land the, 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 um, the move. So there was this chemistry issue. Maybe it was timing. Maybe you're right. Maybe they're just being told, you know, all right, your 15 minutes is now seven minutes. Go and do what you can. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, I'd like to see them have another chance, but maybe I'm ready for them to just move on on this one. Maybe it's just not going to happen, and that's fine. All right, so the at the end, we see Atlas hitting a uh, rolling forward DVD and a uh, standing drop covering for a close two. Atlas climbs up the turnbuckle and goes for a cartwheel DDT, but Escobar blocks it. Escobar hits his Fantasma driver and picks up the win. Your winner and still NXT Cruiserweight champion, Santos Escobar. After the match, we're treated to a Dexter Loomis drawing backstage um and raquel gonzalez walking down a hall as we go to break so um nxt cruiserweight champion santos escobar versus jake atlas how many rubbing bottles of rubbing alcohol would you give this match (laughs) i think this was a pretty much about an average match i would go two and a half bottles of rubbing alcohol for a 50 percent rubbing alcohol percentage. It's not like they can have a bad match, but they, it it was kind of like the same or inferior to the one that they had a week ago. Like, I don't, I don't know. Or two weeks ago, I guess. I don't know. I'm, I, there's not much to this feud anymore. And, uh, it, it seems like he, uh, 
the, the champion has clearly beaten the challenger twice in a row. So I don't know what we have here. Exactly. I hope this feud is over. I kind of want to see Santos Escobar somewhere else. I really enjoy Jake Atlas um, as a wrestler. He's got zero personality in my opinion, but as a wrestler, he's great. <laughs> you know, a very dangerous combination in WWE and NXT especially. Um, so we'll see what where they go with Jake Atlas. But like you, I hope that they move forward. All right, so... Um, we are treated to clips of Candice LeRae destroying Shotzi's tank. Um, and it's match time, which was a match that uh, I was looking forward to, mainly because of Raquel Gonzalez. Um, you know, after the awesome match that she had with Rhea Ripley at, at Halloween Havoc a couple weeks ago, I wanted to see where they were going to go with her. All right. I was a little pissed off that the, it was the classic bait and switch. Not only did this match not happen, but... It was promoted last week. So people are maybe looking forward to it for a whole week, and it doesn't happen. Why doesn't it happen? Well, we're told that Zia Lee asked for this match last week, and she's because she's been out of sorts per Wade Barrett. Um, Beth Phoenix comments that Raquel does not look happy. Um, you know, Raquel's waiting for Zia, but Boa makes his way to the ring. Zia's not here tonight. You can't have a match with Zia. I'm really sorry, he tells Raquel. Um, as he tries to leave the ring, he gets his ass kicked by Raquel Gonzalez. Um, then he's laying around in the ring. That's one thing I did like about this weird segment, is that Raquel actually laid out Boa, who is a man. So, not that, like, you know, it was just it was just cool that they're really pushing Raquel yeah, Gonzalez. She's just like, She's laying out everyone. Yeah, the optics of a strong female taking out a guy will always be there in wrestling. And the optics of it is just like, you know, hey, she's Absolutely. a badass, right? Absolutely. All right, so Boa is... Um, uh, <laughs> the other thing that I really liked uh, in this segment was when Raquel Gonzalez uh, yelled, everybody better get my name out of their mouth. You hear me? I've really enjoyed that. So Boa's kind of like tossing and turning in the ring. Suddenly the lights go down. We see an animated dragon on the LED surrounding the ring and a red light cuts around. Boa climbs outside to the ramp and sees an elder balding gentleman. Boa bows repeatedly to this man who walks down the ramp, draws a symbol on Boa's hand with some kind of dark ink. Boa bows low again and the man bows to Boa before leaving. Boa looks at his hand as we go to break. So, I guess your winner by no show, Raquel Gonzalez? <laughs> Via forfeit. Zero yeah. bottles. <laughs> no, this was uh yeah, this was a weird uh kind of kind of strange segment. I'm not not intrigued. I want to see what's going on, but like I don't know, this was this was not what I was expecting. I would have much preferred to have seen the match like you said. Yep. Exactly. It's it's that's just like one of those things that I would much rather uh, yeah. Um, all right, so backstage with Timothy Thatcher, who is quickly turning into one of my highlights of weekly NXT television. Uh, so Timothy Thatcher attacks his uh, former student, that Austin Gray guy, um, locking him in a I neck hold. Slight correction, I think it's August Gray. I think we've continuously been getting his name wrong. I think his name is August Gray. I think, okay, here's the thing. I think it's Austin Gray, but... Last week, 
um, when they were talking about the trademarks, I did see an August Gray there, and I'm like, watch them rename this guy. Well, so there you go. So, yeah. All right. So they so, snuck it in. They, they must have snuck it in because I think I, I think as of this week, he's officially August Gray. Yeah, and I know, per, like as a fact, it was Austin earlier. And if I'm wrong. Call me out, listeners. All right. So Timothy Thatcher locks him in a neck hold, and he beats him for a, for a little while. Thatcher turns around and sees Dexter Loomis staring at him because, and I absolutely love this, they fight over to the drawing that Dexter Loomis had earlier. Um, so, you know, I, he gets, uh, August Gray gets tossed into the drawing. <laughs> And Dexter Loomis is just standing ominously over. Um, so I kind of like how they took two segments and two feuds, melded them together. And, well, we're going to get a match later tonight with Timothy Thatcher and Dexter Loomis. But this was another bait and switch. I was excited, although I understand this bait and switch because you don't want to do two unknown rookies versus established star matches necessarily. This is kind of the exact same story as the opening match. So I can see why they switched this one, but they did bait and switch us out of two matches that they told us they were going to give us. They, 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 I think they straight up said that we were getting Thatcher versus Gray this week. Did they? I don't recall. I really don't recall. We need to. We need better accountability on this stuff. <laughs> I'm. I'm. I'm almost ninety percent sure that up. All right. I would say eighty-seven. You know what? You should. Sure. You like taking notes on what we talk about. You should always uh, take notes on the matches that were announced. We, <laughs> yes. We don't you love how this is my inter- talk. I'm like you know thumbling my fingers saying take notes. <laughs> <laughs> the Scott Hall taunt. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, the next match was the match that I was looking forward to the most in the night, and that's Tony Storm versus Candice LeRae. Uh, Tony Storm comes out first, Candice comes out next. She's wearing the butterfly wings, rolling her eyes at Tony Storm. Uh, we do see a picture-in-picture that shows Candice talking earlier about destroying Shotzi's tank before mocking that punk rock poser Storm. Um, bell rings, and here we go. So this, in my opinion, um, was a, you know, the first half was very slow, um, very meticulous, you know, very much on the ground. Um, it wasn't the type of match that I was expecting to see from these two, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, after the break, uh, I think it went from a zero to like, you know, 60. Um, you know, there wasn't insane spots. Candice LeRae can't do that every week. Tony Storm can't do that every week. But... I thoroughly enjoyed this match. It was a really good showing from both of them. Um, there was a, ta- a point where they were kind of doing back and forth punches that they every punch looked absolutely brutal, which is something that I really, really enjoyed. Um, so yeah, it was it was for me. I I, I really really liked this a lot. So uh, they're taking turns exchanging blows, and Storm hits a quick release German suplex, which always looks awesome. Storm's runs off the ropes and hits a basement clothesline then another followed up with a bridging suplex pin for two storm climbs up the ropes a little too slow and lorraine is up to her feet and there to punch storm lorraine attempts to climb up and hit a top rope maneuver but storm sends lorraine flying off storm dives off connecting but lorraine rolls it into a roll-up pin attempt for a close two lorraine is frustrated and goes for a leg submission but storm shoves her back Larray rolls up Storm, puts her feet up on the second rope, stealing the win because the ref didn't see it. So, you know, typical heel win. 
Um, typical, you know, this is a pretty good match for TV. I feel like these two would put on a much more impressive uh, pay-per-view or big match um, down the line. But overall, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this. Uh, Larray, um, you know, I said it before and I'll say it again. I never thought that she would be able to be a heel, but I feel like she's a better heel than a face. You know, especially, you know, she's your typical blonde California girl. Why would you want to turn that into a heel, right? But they've done a great job, in my opinion. I, uh, yeah, I, I agree. I'm not sure if I'd say she's better as a heel, but she is impressive as a heel. She's really, really, really good. Uh, she's got the mannerisms and everything, and she's a great promo, either face or heel, and it's really working for her character, for sure. I, uh, you might have enjoyed this slightly more than me, although I did really like it. I do 100% agree. I can't wait to see it on a takeover. I hope they put it on the next takeover. Um, I would, I would personally give this three and a half rubbing alcohol bottles. I would go 70% rubbing alcohol yep. percentage. It was good, and I can't wait to see more. Yeah, I, you know, I, I accept your scale on this. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, like, I'm not saying it was, like, blowout, amazing match of the right. night, but, you know, it was probably the match of NXT. Oh, for sure. I would say that. I would say that's fair. All right, so Storm's pissed off. The ref didn't see this. Um, so she begins... I love, like, the intensity. Uh, so Larray, or sorry, Storm attacks Larray, and then Ghostface um, shows up Attack Storm. Shotzi Blackheart hits the ring to help Storm, but Ghostface and Larray beat her down. Finally, Ghostface is unmasked, and to barely anyone's true surprise, it is Indy Hartwell. So the throuple of Gargano, Hartwell, and Larray is probably going to continue. Let's see where this one goes. But one thing is that Gargano was a little removed tonight obviously. So we'll see where they go with uh, Andy Hartwell and Candice LeRae. Yeah, they might be trying to separate Johnny and Candice a little bit, just not have them in every segment backstage together. They'll obviously still be a couple and related to each other in storylines, but they're, you know, they're kind of doing their own thing, at least for one show. And I like that. All I, right. was, uh, I was I was hoping they would swerve us, but it was pretty clear who this was. Especially like you could see that it was a woman this time. You can you knew, yeah. And you know, I you I just had that feeling that it was going to be Indy Hartwell to begin with. But as soon as she showed up, and you kind of saw um, some more of the uh, you know the the physical features, I was a hundred percent sure. All right, we got a backstage promo with Brazango. Brazango are commenting on the fact that it took them five years to get tag team gold. Um, uh, and then they did this as McCaff uh, saying that uh, he's not a wrestler. Then, yeah, we go to break. I don't know. Brazango, just I'm I'm not too interested in them, to be 100% honest. Um, what do you think of Brazango? Yeah, I, think, I think their little run here has kind of hit its end. It's run its course. They might turn one on the other or something and let them do that for a bit. But, uh, yeah, they came, they said that they would do serious Brizango, and they they came out seriously in the uh, in their entrance in the main event. So yeah, I, I didn't hate this, but yeah, I, I'm I'm uh, I'm about done with Brizango too. They're they're good wrestlers. I'm just I, they could turn on each other maybe. I I don't know. Right. Agreed. All right. Then Timothy Thatcher versus Dexter Loomis. Thatcher comes out angry and fired up. Loomis calmly walks to the ring, slides into the ring, and slithers across it. He stares at the audience before fixing that stone-cold stare on Thatcher. The ref calls for the bell, and we're off. 
Um, Loomis immediately hits a Luthor's press on Thatcher, you know, because he's pissed off about his beautiful, beautiful drawing. Hmm. All right. So this match was a lot longer than I would have given them. Um, but all things considered, it wasn't a bad match. One thing I did, I yeah. do have to say, this is a complete side note, is for some reason, I thought Timothy Thatcher was from Europe. I don't know why. So when they announced him from Sacramento, I'm like, oh, he's from California. Just a quick you know, side note. I think, I think he was either doing a gimmick or just straight up even pretending backstage. I'm not quite sure what the story was, but I'm pretty sure he was billed as and doing a gimmick as a European for a long time. Yeah, maybe but, because of his alliance with Walter for the longest time in the Indies. True. Also, and the, his, his, just his style in general. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right, so this match, like I mentioned, pretty long, goes through the commercial. Um, what did you think of this? There was no, like, major highlight for me in this match. No, I just, I like the, uh, I like the melding of their two characters. They both, like, get it in terms of how to project their character in a match. So it wasn't great, but it was, it was good. It was above average slightly. It was, like, yep. a fairly, a fair, yeah, it was, it was a good, entertaining WWE match. You know, it was. Yep. All right, so let's jump to the end. Um, Loomis goes for Thatcher, but Cameron Grimes shows up on the apron. Thatcher sends Loomis into Grimes, then locks in an armbar and gets the win over Loomis. So your winner is Timothy Thatcher. Matt, how many bottles of rubbing, rubbing, rubbing alcohol would you give this match? Gonna give this three bottles of Rebby alcohol for uh, <laughs> for a 60% rubbing alcohol percentage. It was it was good, it was slightly above average. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I'm thinking about that. Yeah, you know what? I, I I'll go with it. Yeah. Um it, it it was what it was. You know, Dexter Loomis, I don't know, I'm just not the biggest fan of him. He might grow on me down the road. But right now it's just, you know, one thing I really hope they do is just move on from Zombie talks. Move on from Halloween Havoc. Let if they're gonna keep continue the Loomis um, Grimes feud, let it continue. But you know, I we don't need any you know spiritual aura stuff with him. I 100% agree. I do think the feud should continue because it's a good way to elevate Cameron Grimes. Loomis has been pushed pretty strongly, so a, a big clean win would do him wonders. Uh, Cameron Grimes. So I think uh, I think we're gonna see more, and I do agree. Like I want to see like unsolved mysteries, Dexter Loomis, not creepy summoning ghosts, Dexter Loomis. Yeah. very different, very yeah. different kinds of scary. Yep, very, very much so. All right. So after the match, Grimes gets in the ring and immediately attacks Loomis. Loomis takes Grimes down, but Grimes takes control and sends Loomis down the mat. Um, Grimes pulls a canvas sack over Loomis's head. Um, Grimes beats Loomis at ringside and yells, look me in the eyes, even as he keeps the sack over Loomis's head. Loomis with a wild swing and, uh, with a steel chair, but he misses. Grimes takes Loomis down and sets up the chair, sits Loomis down on the chair before running and hitting the cave in on Loomis. So, one thing really bothered me about this, and that was the fact that Grimes puts the sack over Loomis's head, and 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 why why didn't Loomis just take it off? 
Oh my god! He had ample time. He was like he was like pulling at it, like to keep it on almost. Yeah, it was very obvious. I I get why you don't tie a burlap sack around someone's head, but yeah, this was kind of just it kind of ruined it a little bit for that uh, for that reason. It was it was a silly idea for Cameron Grimes, like a, a silly way for him to get one up on Dexter Loomis. But they, I don't know. I like the ex- the execution, but it was a better idea. Or no, sorry, I like the idea, but it was a better idea on paper than it was in execution. Yep. Rather, I did yes. not like the execution of this. Yep. All right. Backstage, Johnny Gargano is with William Regal, so Gargano calmly talks to Regal, pointing out that he took Regal's advice to be calm. Gargano tries to plead uh, to Regal to throw the match out. Um, Regal tells Gargano that it was Gargano's idea in the first place. Gargano repeats that it's a joke and insists it be thrown at as he, um, as he rigged the wheel. Regal says that regardless of it all, I don't know why I, yeah. Um, the match stands and Leon Ruff is the North American champion and we go to break. So quick little, again, I'm. I enjoy, you know what? I'm enjoying every segment that Johnny Gargano is in. Words that I never thought I would say. And words that I have been saying for years, but I also enjoy every segment that William Regal is in. So this was great. This was great. And I want to see them interact on every show. All right. Then we get a video package back when we're back from the break with Rhea Ripley and Io Shirai. They are building up towards their... NXT Women's Championship match um, for next week on NXT. So it's going to be Io Shirai versus Rhea Ripley. Write that bad boy down. It better not be a bait and switch. I loved this promo. I thought this was awesome. Rhea talked about having her her dream of wrestling in front of 80,000 in WrestleMania kind of taken away due to COVID. And she wasn't ready for Charlotte. And she lost her uh, NXT Women's title, which then bounced to Io Shirai because Io pinned Ripley, I believe, in the uh, triple threat match at In Your House, was it? So, yeah, this was uh, this was a really good promo. You might be hearing me talk about this a little bit later. Uh, loved it. Same here. All right. So, um, I'm more shocked at the fact that they acknowledged the fact that something is happening in this world that led to Rhea Ripley losing her moment. I love. I liked it a lot, specifically because WWE doesn't ever that's, do that. Exactly, that's my point. So it was like, whoa! Like they're acknowledging the world. It yeah. makes sense in storyline, of course, of course. Why wouldn't you? Yep, yep. So COVID now, COVID nineteen is now canon in WWE <laughs> lore. The biggest heel since vacant. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. Then we get. The man, the myth, the legend, Pat McAfee. Pat makes his way to the ring with the kings of NXT, the greatest stable in all of NXT history, Matt. Uh, Before, I think we missed an Old Man Ciampa promo. Um... Old Man Tommaso Ciampa cut a a promo talking about Harley Race and Killer Kowalski. Thought that was next, but go ahead, talk about it. Oh, my bad, I'm so sorry. No, no, go ahead. I realized... No, no. Oh man, I didn't, uh, my my fault, man. I didn't realize that Pat McAfee uh, came out before. I screwed that up. But yeah, P- Tommaso Ciampa cut a classic grumpy old man promo talking about the 2020 locker room culture. I really like this too. Uh, I I preferred the prime target promo, but this was very very good promo. And I'm liking Tommaso Ciampa's character of self-appointed grumpy locker room leader. Yep, yep. My favorite was when. 
you know what? I screwed up. This was actually before the primetime video package. Well, there you go. All right. So, yeah, Tommaso Ciampa, he's, um, you know, old man, old man at 35. Uh, maybe, he, my favorite part is maybe, maybe I'm a bit old school. Um, hell, I never thought I'd be the last one of a dying breed. Uh, but, yeah, it was it was a great promo, really well done. My, you know, and it's very similar to the promo that he got a couple weeks ago, but I was paying so much more attention because it wasn't cut towards specifically someone that we don't like talking about on this show. Yes, very much so. All right, so you know what? Yeah, so that was a great promo. I love the old school, um, you know, uh, callbacks. Uh, I love the way that it was filmed. Uh, and Tommaso Ciampa just has a great voice to boot. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so Pat and makes... a great mask now, too. <laughs> yes, the one that he clearly does not like. <laughs> All right, so Pat McAfee uh, makes his way to the ring with the kings of NXT, um, the NXT Tag Team Champions, Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch and Pete Dunne. Uh, we see stills of Killian Dane being attacked viciously by Pete Dunne last week before cutting back to the ring. Pat gets on the mic and tells us that we need to recognize that Pete Dunne has been absolutely destroying people lately. He says Pete Dunne killed Killian Dane. Pat says that while flying on his private plane to this hellhole Orlando, he found out that business that his business is worth $150 million and calls the kings of NXT the greatest tag team on the planet. Take that, young bucks. He tells us that he's going to call to go on guest commentary to um, sit next to that loser Vic Joseph and bad news Barrett. He climbs out of the ring, heads to the commentary booth as we head to commercials. All right. Come back from commercials. Great promo promo as per usual from Pat Mack. You know, I would have said this could be a promo of the night, but we can't give it to him every week. Nah, that's a good point. Well, you can if he's doing it, although I did think I did think there was better things on yep. the show. But he was right up there, man. Yet again, he was right up there. Yep. All right, so backstage, we see Cameron Grimes. Um, the off-camera interview asked Grimes if he's worried about repercussions of his actions. Because um, if you recall, he attacked Dexter Loomis not too long ago. Um, Grimes laughs and says he's not afraid of zombie referees or Loomis and brags about hitting the cave-in on him. And he walks off laughing. You know, very much like um, Timothy Thatcher, Cameron Grimes is really turning into one of my highlights of weekly NXT TV. I agree. Since Halloween Havoc, I think this guy's turned a corner and he's really he's really becoming very entertaining. I think he microphone. really understands and likes his character, you know? Yeah, that he likes his character is a good way to put it. You can see he's having fun out there. Yeah. All right. So next week, Finn Balor will be back. Excited. Yeah. But, um, That's, wa- uh, watch next him drop. week is souping up to be a big show next week with uh, with the huge women's titles match and the appearance of the Prince. Yep. All right. So NXT Tag Team Championship main event. The kings of NXT, Danny Burch and Oni Lorcan. Versus Brizongo. All right, you know I give Brizongo a lot of hell. They're like they're they're not for me anymore. They never really were me for the to begin with. You know they were a comedy act when they were on SmackDown. 
Um, but I gotta give them credit. This is probably one of their better matches that I've seen on, on NXT with them. Um, you know, they just hit with a lot of intensity, um, and they were doing some 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 very scary things outside of the ring. At some point, um, it was Tyler Breeze who jumps out, and I think Pete Dunne was a little like off cue. And yeah. Brazongo land or uh, Breeze lands a little awkwardly, but again, they were just—they're such professionals. They're able to make it seem seamless. But there was a, a couple, you know, iffy spots um, and flips where these guys just land so hard. Um, oh. But I got to give it up to Brazongo. They had a great match overall. Um, what did you think of this match? Really, really enjoyed it. I agree with that. I liked that they were serious, Breezango. They knew that this was not their last chance in storyline, but they're they're moving down the ranks if they lose this match. So they were coming in pissed off. They were coming in serious. It was all business, Breezango. But uh, yeah, no, I, re- I really liked this. I thought it was entertaining. There was some interference. Drake Maverick came in, if you want to talk about that. But yep. I thought it added to the match and did not detract from it. All right, so as Matt mentioned, Drake Maverick hits the ring using the same distraction to the ref to hit a step-up face kick to Lorcan. Um, Fandango suplexes him off and attempts to cover, almost getting the win. Pete Dunne and Pat McAfee attack Drake at ringside. Danny Birch makes a blind tag, and Fandango isn't aware as he continues to slug it out with Lorcan. Birch attacks him from behind, and they hit their double-team finisher, a double-spinning suplex DDT thingy. Um, it's kind of <laughs> like a crossroads with an extra man help. Um, Birch picks up the pin for the one, two, three. Your winners and still NXT Tag Team Champions, Danny Birch and Oni Lorkin. Yes, sir. I thought it was good. I would, uh, if I may interject with uh, with my bottles of alcohol rating i would say especially with the uh, overall package with the uh, with the display afterwards which we'll get into a little bit i thought this was worth at least three and a half that's what we're going to settle with three and a half rubbing alcohol bottles for a 70 percent alcohol percentage yeah yeah you know what i accept i accept that all right so after the mayos chaos ensues as the kings of nxt pose in the ring drake maverick goes up top behind them dives onto them. Group spills out at ringside and begins to brawl with Maverick and Fandango. Breezes down. Pat cheers his men on as they have the numbers and send Fandango into the announcer's table. Pat has his men restrain Tyler Breeze over the announce table now. The three men holding his arms and legs. Pat McAfee lines it up, then charges forward and hits an NFL punt to kick Tyler Breeze's face or ribs. Awesome. Awesome spot. Yeah, so... I thought I, this wasn't clear. Tyler Breeze sold it like he kicked him in the face because he sold it like he was unconscious. But I thought he kicked him in the ribs, and I thought he should have like sold it like he was coughing and stuff. But whatever, yeah. it's all good. They had to they had to be knocked out for the final uh, shot, I guess. So exactly. this, this was this was awesome. This was a great way to put over the the kings of NXT, and I'm excited for uh, t- for somebody a, a group of ragtags to come and stop these. Men from running roughshod. Yep. Um, so I guess we're going to, at some point over the next couple weeks, we're going to see a six-man tag with the Kings of NXT versus Brizango and Drake Maverick. I'm for it. All Let's right. Let's do it. Sign me up. So that's how the show essentially ends. It ends with Pat McAfee taking the camera and yelling, you suck, you suck. Um, yeah, that's it. 
Yeah, what was what's their catchphrase again? You suck. We're awesome. Cheers. Yep. You suck. We're awesome. Cheers. Something something like that. Yeah, I don't know. Something again. Like it's lengthy. It's it, it it'll be tough to cram it onto a t-shirt. Put on hey. a shirt. Put on a shirt. I'll buy it right now. I'll buy five right now. <laughs> All right. All right. So that was so, NXT uh, TV. Um, overall, you know, an okay show. Um, you know, we are continuing many storylines. Um, you know, we're building towards the next show. Um, you know, no undisputed era still. Um, and then you know what? For me, that's kind of good because you know there was a time, aka 2019 and most and the beginning of 2020, where it was all undisputed era. So it's good that we've. Like we're moving forward without them, that the show is still super strong. We're still seeing, you know, new breakout stars like Timothy Thatcher, Cameron Grimes. Uh, the women's division is healthy beyond belief, in my opinion. Um, you know, overall, good show. I'm happy. Hundred percent agree. I'm very excited for next week too, both to see Finn Balor and to see the uh, women's match, which is the the biggest dream match, arguably, that NXT can do right now in terms of their two strongest. Uh, people in, in any given division. So I'm for it. Let's do it. All right. So we are going to now talk about our best of the nights or bests of the night. Put plural in the wrong word. All right. So best match of the night, Matt. All right. So for match of the night, I'm going to AEW to the bunkhouse match, to the bunkhouse brawl, Nightmares, Versus Butcher and Blade. Boris, you made a face when I said that. Yeah. I love that match. I that thought match it was, was horrible. Whoa, horrible. That match was... Wait, it was great because it had it had blood? Well, that's not the reason why it was great, but it added to the storyline and the match and the overall presentation of that one. I just thought four guys worked hard, beat the shit out of each other. It put, it put over the storyline that they were doing. It put over the match concept, and I want to see another one in AEW. I quite enjoyed it. Sure. I'll give you that. <laughs> what was your match of the night, sir? My match of the night was Pentagon Jr., or whatever he wants to call himself now legally, versus Ray <laughs> Phoenix. That was an awesome match as well. It was really close between those two for me, but I gave it to the bunkhouse. Man, but I, uh, sure. what, what what did you like? What did you like about Penta El Zero? Here's the thing versus... about Penta El Zero Miedo, whatever he wants to call himself, Pentagon Jr. against Ray Phoenix. So it's these guys are able to almost give us the same match over and over and over, but it's just so entertaining seeing these yeah. two. Um, I always love the fact that, you know, in every every time that these two face each other, Penta is essentially the heel um, and always tries to rip the mask off of uh, Ray Phoenix. At some point, Ray Phoenix needs to just bring a second mask. <laughs> um, you know, it just it was it was a hard fought, you know, strong style luchador match. And what more can you ask for? Uh, can't argue that. I guess I just uh, sucker for weapons and blood. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I don't know. I just maybe because I was tired when I watched the match, but I just got zero enjoyment from the bunkhouse match. Oh man, I was into it from start to finish. I had the exact opposite experience watching that match. All right, well, it happens, you know, and, and I yeah. like it when we disagree. It gives us something to talk about. It gives me fuel <laughs> to mock you, um, so that's where we're at. All right, and I think we both have promo of the night, so go ahead, Matt. What is it? Io Shirai Rhea Ripley prime target hype video. What, it's, my not, promo it's not Cody Rhodes? 
<laughs> oh my god. I actually think the the weird Cody Rhodes segment may have been the worst promo I've ever seen on AEW TV. I cannot imagine a worse way to introduce Cody Rhodes versus Shaq. How could you possibly think of a worse way to do that? <sighs> even even if Shaq wasn't going to be there or send in a video, there's still a better way to, to get me into that match. Anyway, I'm oh. giving the promo of the night to Io Shirai versus Rhea Ripley's prime target hype video. I am prime targeted hyped for that match. Yep. Oh, you, you stole the words right out of my mouth. Damn it. <laughs> no, but it's true. Um, it was so good. Um, I, you know, the, I was already looking forward to this match. Now I'm like really looking forward to this match. Um, I'm super excited. Uh, what more can you say? You know, this is a video package that you just want to put on your weekly TV to not only expose new fans to these stars, but to get your current fans really hyped for a match. Um, you know, honorable mention to Tommaso Ciampa here, you know? He had a really good promo. He's he's cranking them out. I, I'm really liking Tommaso's new. Uh, I don't know if you can say new character, but maybe you can say his new character. His it's, his his evolved character. Exactly. That that's exactly what it is. And and this that you know I think you you touched on something that I wanted to talk about, and that's the evolution of wrestling characters. Um, you know, it's something that the main roster of WWE just doesn't do well. Their characters are very one-dimensional from beginning to end until their inevitable release. But in NXT, we're really seeing, you know, an evolution of a lot of characters. You know, Johnny Gargano, Candice LeRae, um, even someone like a Timothy Thatcher. We're kind of seeing them expand and do more. Um, but I think that Tommaso Ciampa's character has done this awesome, subtle evolution to, you know, from angry heel who wants to kick ass to angry heel who wants to kick ass and talks to angry heel <laughs> wants to kick ass and thinks that people that the young kids don't earn their respect yeah i love it, it and it, it's a it's a transition that makes perfect sense it, you can see the character the human being behind the character feeling those feelings why a person would if even if you don't agree so I, I love I love this character. I love the presentation. And yeah, I guess I'm hoping that it's Ciampa versus Finn coming up. Yep. Yep. With Killian Cross coming in to beat Ciampa down. And we're going to get a triple threat at some point with those three. That's my theory. That makes sense. All right. So um, do you have our results from AEW Full Gear? Do you have our picks as we run down through the matches? Actually, I was gonna do. I was gonna go through them as we kind of went through the matches, sort of thing. You right. know? Yeah, that's that's. I'm, yeah. that's yeah. But yeah, I've got them. I've got them written out, and I'm ready to awesome. go on this. All right, all right. And then you're gonna have them. Uh, you're gonna count them up and declare me the winner later. <laughs> but you have to say it. You have to say it, Boris. You're the winner. <laughs> all right. So AEW's full gear. Um, was this past Saturday because it was a major wrestling show. I wanted to talk about it. Um, so here we go. The first match was at the buy-in, and that was Thunder... Uh, sorry, no, that was... Jesus Christ. That was Serena Allison Deeb, K. your NWA Women's World Champion versus Allison K. So this this was a good match. I really like Serena Deeb's style of like yoga submission master. She's uh, She has entertaining matches. There wasn't a ton to this. But it was good. I, I gave it uh, three bottles of rubbing alcohol out of five, personally. Serena Deeb was the victor, which Boris and I both did predict. So that's a point for each of us in the win column. 
Yeah. Um, there was something I wanted to say. Oh, yeah. Best women's match of the night. <laughs> I, I do think there were the, the two matches were about equal, but I would agree. This was better. This was the best women's match of the night. Wait, hold on. <laughs> sure. All right. I think I think Sheeta versus Nyla was was a was a better match that went way too long and ruined itself. But I would still say it was overall good. Do you know what I mean? Anyway, we can get no, into I don't. Later. But we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> we will get into it. All right. So pay per view starts. Match number one for the world title eliminator tournament finals: Kenny Omega versus Hangman Adam Page. I was a little shocked that this kicked off the show, but then I thought about it more. And what better match to start this than this match? Um, uh, yeah, winner and new number one contender, Kenny Omega. What did you think of this match? So, first of all, we're both two for two as we both picked Kenny Omega. I thought this match was awesome. I've heard it said in other places, this is not an original thought, but it was a great match. Or Yeah, it was a great match without being too much. It was a great opening match. They left some on the table for the rest of the show, and that's what wrestling has to be. You can't just, you can't just be PWG where every match is trying to be the craziest match in the history of professional wrestling. So I thought this was great. I gave it four and a quarter bottles of rubbing alcohol, and I think, uh, yeah, yeah, this was this was one to seek out, especially if you love both guys. Yep. Or either. Yep, I agree. This was such a good match. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um all right, the second match of the night was John Silver, or number four, versus Orange Cassidy. Um long story short, winner of this match was Orange Cassidy. And I know we're blowing through this, but you know, we're NXT talk. We're here to talk NXT, but we will give our opinions on other shows. And if you don't know what's happened on this show by now, well, you're too late. Um, all right, so, you know, I really enjoyed this match overall. I thought John Silver really stood out. Um, and he's been doing awesome work on being the elite. And, you know, with this match, I really thought that John Silver should have won um, as I was watching this match. Uh, I disagree just because I am an Orange Cassidy truther. I think he should win every match. But no, John Silver was awesome in this match. It was a star-making performance for him. And I think actually the MVP of this match might have been Jim Ross. It was a great call by Jim Ross putting John Silver over in defeat. And I think this was, yeah, I I gave this three and a half bottles of rubbing alcohol. I thought this was really good as well. Right. Right. And, you know, I, I, it's the details in the presentation of a wrestling show, you know. I know we always talk about these things, but I just absolutely love it when the commentators help put stars over. And you don't need one, a catchy catchphrase when they come out, you know. You, you uh, just need to call the action. You just need to call the action to put people over. All right, match number three of the pay-per-view was so for we're, the... We're currently, we're currently both three and three as we both selected Orange Cassidy in that match to win. Yep. All right, match number three for the TNT Championship. It's your champion, the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes versus Darby Allen. All right, so winner and new TNT champion, Darby Allen. Uh, two things that stand out that I remember about this match. One, Cody hit a top rope uh, crossroads, which was absolutely filthy, nasty. Darby Allen takes an incredible bump. Uh, number two, I loved the finish to this match because they, some somebody had to do it. They were doing the back and forth cradles that you see in every match. And then Darby just won because that can happen. 
in a wrestling match, a guy can just get the three, especially when you're going back and forth. I thought it was great. Yeah. I thought it, somebody had to do it eventually, and I loved that it came down to this. It was a good way for Cody to finally give up the win to Darby yep. and still keep some of his heat. Yeah, I agree. Cody played the heel throughout this match, which is kind of cool. Darby Allen played, you know, Darby Allen. Like he's yes, he, he was so he's so good at what he does in the ring. Um, outside of the ring is a whole different thing. Um, but yeah, he's so good <laughs> in the ring. Um, and I, I really enjoyed this match overall. Um, the one thing about the crossroads off the top was as beautiful as it looked, as awesome as it was. You know, when they take five minutes to set up a move from the top rope, yeah. it takes me out of it, but it was worth it. I will say it was worth it. I, I can 100% percent. I can 100% understand that criticism, yep. my friend. So uh, before we move on, uh, Boris, this is your first L on the night as yep. you selected Cody Rhodes to retain his title. I took Darby Allen. I moved to 4-0 and where you are 3-1 and on the evening. Here's the, here's the thing. I need to pick Cody Rhodes to win every match moving forward. <laughs> You'll be wrong uh, very few times. <laughs> you, you won't go broke doing that. Yep. Uh, I also gave this match four bottles of rubbing alcohol, four thumbtack jackets, if you will. I, I really enjoyed this match. Uh, I thought it was an A grade. Uh, I love the finish, too. I actually may have underrated it, thinking about it again. I could watch it again and maybe bump it up. But uh, watching it at the time, four bottles of rubbing alcohol. That's the thing. You know, um, You know, I think that we need to be very precise and give our ratings when we watch it the first time. Yes. All right. So fair. after the match, all hell broke loose with Team Taz um, with and Will Hobbs and Darby Allen. This was a, this was a very awkward thing um, because they kept looking backwards, missing cues, waiting for their cues. Um, they probably should have uh, you know done a little more practice on this. Um, but <laughs> Will Hobbs, that man, I love the fact that on Saturday at the pay per view, then yesterday, um, Wednesday at Dynamite. I love how he shows up after the ass kickings happen and he's like, what did I miss? It's actually, there could be a way to turn him into team Taz later on because yes. he does keep showing up after the, uh, after the impact, after, after the chaos, <laughs> after the anarchy, none of those are real words. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. So match number four of the pay-per-view match number five total. Uh, I'm just going to say match number five. Um, it's for the AEW Women's World Championship with your champion Hikaru Shida versus Nyla Rose. Um, winner and still AEW Women's World Champion Hikaru Shida. Um, this was a botch fest. Even Vicky Guerrero got in a good botch in here. Um, I just did not like this match whatsoever. For me, personally, I would give this... You know what? I'm, I can't be too... I, uh, yeah, you know what? First time watching it, two bottles of rubbing alcohol. That's that's fair. I gave it. I would say it was three bottles of rubbing alcohol. Still not a great match. I thought they were having a good, hard-fought match. You could say it was botchy. I can't say it wasn't. But I liked the fact that it was. It felt like a fight, although they went too long. They went way too long. It felt like they hit a perfect climax and then just charged right through it for five more minutes. You know what's actually so funny? I, that that kind of ruined the match. I can understand your criticisms. Also, I have now incurred my first L in the pick standings as I perhaps foolishly selected Nyla to win. You took Sheeta. So uh, we are both now 4-1 and one in the pick standings. Right. You know what's um, something that, that, that made me laugh? So, you know, and this is one thing about AEW is 
all of their championship matches do not need to be 25 30 minutes long um and i was actually starting to complain about the cody match and the cody darby match earlier about how long it's going to be and that was my point is not every championship match needs to be this marathon match um and and you know this is proof as to why sometimes you can have a really good 10 minute match a really impactful 10 minute match yeah. remember that less is more especially in this in this era less is more less is always more you don't you don't need to go 30 minutes every time yep exactly all right next is match numero six and it is for the aew world tag team champions championship and that is your champions ftr versus the young bucks um you know your winners and new AEW World Tag Team Champions, the Young Bucks. So, for a match that had maybe the worst, absolute worst build-up, no. I was not looking forward to this match too much. I wanted this match to be over with, but I have to say, this was one of the better tag team matches I've ever seen. The only tag team match that I think was better in the, in the past few years was... Um, FTR versus DIY at TakeOver Toronto. Uh, we were both at that one. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that's, I, I actually, I actually was more excited for this match and perhaps that's why I liked it a little bit less than that, but I still think it was absolutely incredible. This was I a great match. absolutely loved the fact that they were both, well, not they were both, but overall, the guys were going through their list of tag team finishers and actually yeah. going and doing them. You know, as a fan of wrestling for a long time, I, I was I really enjoyed that. But then I started thinking about wrestling psychology, um, and here you are doing all these finishers and you can't get the win. You know, I wish the yeah. commentator said something like, "Oh, you know, they're not the they didn't perfect these moves, so you know they they're not gonna expect the win off of them or something like that." But that would that would have helped push it over the top. That's a great note, Boris. I yeah. agree. One thing that got to me was the ending of this match because all match, for once, not you know what? No, I shouldn't say for once. You know what? The Bucks tell a good wrestling story in, in a match. The Bucks do. do sell in a match. You know, they sell overall. They might not sell move to move, but overall, they tell a great story. They do sell. Come fight me if you don't agree. Um, but, you know, they were selling their ankles all match, and then they win with a super kick on a bum ankle. Yeah. I thought I thought it was great because it wasn't like he no sold that he was part of the he would uh, the revival uh, Cash Wheeler had taken his boot off so it was uh, it was a barefoot super kick also the the story of Cash Wheeler and uh, Dax Harwood I I forgot I forget which is which or whatever anyway the uh, the story of FTR being anti flips and never ever doing flips in their career and then the first time that an FTR man busts out a flip a beautiful springboard 450 he immediately loses it was just poetic I thought I thought the tag team finisher thing was too cute like you said it almost kind of like it almost didn't, it didn't put the moves over that they couldn't beat anyone with them. You know what I mean? Like, but yeah, I, I thought this was an incredible match. I went four and a half bottles of rubbing alcohol, uh, out of five and I got the L here. You picked bucks. I picked FTR. So I go down to four and two on the night. You are five and one on the night. Yep. Young Boris. Yep. I, 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 I overall really 
enjoyed this match a lot. All right, next match. It was the Elite Deletion with Sammy Guevara versus Matt Hardy. Um, after chaos and hilarity ensued, your winner of the match was Matt Hardy. Matt, what did you think? Uh, yeah, so I I fell asleep watching this in real time. So th- this is the one that put me to bed. So it's hard for me to call it a great match. I think I, I went back and watched it all. And if you watch it start to finish, it was it was very entertaining. And both guys worked really hard. So I don't want to go too low, but also it put me to sleep in real time. And I think uh, the, the position on the show kind of hurt this match a lot. So I can't go any higher than like 70%. So I'm going to go three and a half bottles of rubbing alcohol. Even that might be generous because it did literally put me to sleep. But that wasn't the fault of the match. That was more because it was a long show and I watched the Biden speech first. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I quite, I quite enjoyed, uh, I, I quite enjoyed the match the second time around, but it put me to sleep the first time. Yeah. You know, I, Matt Hardy knows how to put on a cinematic match. I will give him credit there. Um, I'm over cinematic matches, but overall, this was a good entry into that, uh, category of matches type of matches. Um, you know, I think, really laughed when we got the Gangrel cameo. I really laughed when we got the Shane Helms cameo. Um, You know, they had some inside jokes, and that's all fine and good as long as you do it from time to time and don't overdo it. Um, And yeah, you know, it was what it was. One thing that I want to note here is that, you know, um, uh, LAX was here, so they couldn't help Jericho a little later. I like that little detail. I thought that was that was clever. That was really, really good. And I guess that's why you had to have this match before Chris Jericho and MJF. Because I actually thought Jericho and MJF was a candidate to kick off the show. But it makes sense that they didn't. All right. Anything else to add on that match or do you want to move on? Uh, the only thing to add is we both picked Sammy because we thought they, that Sammy would be winning the feud. But it appears Matt Hardy won the feud and we both got that wrong. For so, some reason, let's give the yeah. feud to Matt Hardy. Sure. I am. Why not? But yeah, Sammy's going babyface, so it makes sense. So I am now four and three, and you are five and two going into the next match. Yep. All right. Next is inner circle spot on the line. Chris Jericho versus MJF. Um, your winner and the newest member of the inner circle is MJF. Yeah, this was fine. It was kind of there. They didn't they, they, they didn't get a ton of time. It was it was an all right match. They they're not gonna have a bad match, but I didn't think it was any great shakes or anything. I gave it three bottles of rubbing alcohol. Uh, I do want to add that uh, MJF won, which I chose, and Boris, you picked Jericho. So we are now tied in the standings, both at five and three going into the main event. But what did you think about the match, good friend? I thought it was an okay match. Um, Jericho, you know, he turned just 49 years old at the time of taping. Um, and I think that it's amazing that he can still wrestle and does wrestle the same way he did when he was 20. A little slower, but his style is still the same. Um, so, you know what? I give him so much credit. I give him a lot of heck offline. Um, but, you know, Jericho is Jericho. One of the best that has ever wrestled. Um, you know, and, and, and MJF is just, you know, a superstar waiting in the wings. Absolutely agree. All right. Absolutely agree. I, I, don't know how you, I don't know how you push someone like MJF to the mainstream in 2020, but he's ready. He could do it. Like he is ready to appear on the shows and do all those things. I don't, I don't know what it's going to take to get him out there, but MJF is, is a superstar in waiting. Yep. 
All right, and then we it's time for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship match. It, it was an I Quit match with your champion, John Moxley, going up against Eddie Kingston. After a lot of things happened, your winner and still AEW World Heavyweight Champion, John Moxley. All right, this is a match that I was looking forward to. You know, it's kind of funny. The match I was least looking forward to was my favorite match of the night. The match I was most looking forward to was maybe my... It was it was down there. It was down there. You didn't like this at all. I, I, I like quite this. enjoyed this match. I liked the story they were telling. Of like, you could say they weren't telling a story, but they were they were telling a story of one upsmanship. They were telling a story of I'm tougher than you, which was just told in violent stunts. But I liked it. It had to be that, in my opinion. I thought the commentary did a great job. Tony Schiavone, in particular, saying "What are we watching?" just in horror and abject terror was great. I loved Eddie Kingston's gear, which you can't really add. Uh, points to the rating of the match for, but I just did. I liked it. <laughs> and, uh, no, I mean, you know, maybe you know, if I was you know writing this match, if I was giving them an ending um, to really put them both over, not to say that Eddie Kingston, you know, wasn't made to look strong. He really was. Um, you know, there in an I Quit match, in the way that this match ended with barbed wire like wrapped around you and whatnot, how can you not look strong? Um, no one can fault you for saying I quit. But yes. at some point, I thought that the ending was going to be because of the loss of blood, because of the brutality, Eddie Kingston was just going to pass out, and that was going to be that. I think, yeah, that, that made sense. But I think, well, they've kind of already done the pass out, and I think they were putting over on commentary that you couldn't just do that. Yeah. Over and over, they said, they, if he has to be conscience, conscious to yeah. say, I quit. So, yeah. yeah. All right, so anything else to add to that main event match? I thought it was four and a quarter bottles of rubbing alcohol. By the way, we're saying bottles of rubbing alcohol because in this match, after a thumbtack spot, Eddie Kingston went to the doctor, stole his rubbing alcohol, and poured it on John Moxley's back, which was straight out of CZW garbage wrestling. But again, for this particular match, I thought it worked. Uh, we both got Moxley right. We both... Moved to six and three on the evening, and there is no champion, Boris. We are tied. Yep. Well, there you go. Look at that. It was overall. What did you think of the show? I thought it was a really strong show. I've heard it said that it was the best AEW pay per view, which I think is pretty crazy. Although I'd have to go back and like see what happened in each one, but I, I didn't leave with the impression that it was the best one I'd seen. I fell asleep during it, you know, yeah. but I thought it was really good. I thought each individual match was above average and, uh, you know, you, you can't complain, uh, about anything on, on that show. And maybe you can complain about the women, the AEW women's title match. Oh, and I, other, and, than, and, other I than that, it was pretty flawless. And I continue to complain about it. My friend, <laughs> here's the thing about that match, <laughs> you know, <laughs> The fact that the NWA title match, number one, was in a more prominent position. Number two was overall a better match. Just makes your division look bad. Although I do think they took steps today because Tay Conti is a real one. She is going to be a player in the in the AW women's division. So I, I think that she got a big win on Dynamite today. But I 100% agree. It's it They... they they still need work. Although, yep. isn't the NWA women's division in AEW anyway? Isn't it all the same? 
You know, they they not. flip back and forth. They flip back and forth. Depends yeah. on what mood Tony Khan is in. Tony Khan right now seems to be in anyone but WWE kind of mood. Um, you know, Don Callis did call the Omega Hangman match again. You know, the Winnipeg connection with Callis and, and Omega. But, you know, they did introduce him as an executive of Impact. So it right now, Tony Khan, seem, Tony Khan seems to be in an anyone but Vince type of mood. So sure, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see if there's any uh, impact crossover. Although I'm not, I'm no big impact fan. I barely know what's going on there. But I like if, me, I like me some Cyrus. Yeah, <laughs> Cyrus the virus. <laughs> yep. All right, man. So we are done with AEW. We're going to jump to the last segment of the night of the day of the podcast, and that is what made you pop, what made you rant. All right, we're going to start with what made you rant this week. All right, Matt, what made you rant? It's a small rant because I'm excited overall, as we'll get into it in the pop section. But uh, I did not like necessarily the uh, the graphic style or the rollout of the new AEW video game. I wish I wish it was a little cartoony and more sim-like. It looks like it's going to be more arcade-ish, which some people like the, the AEW video game. Some people like the arcade style. I'm more of a sim man, but hey, whatever. But uh, I thought the... Uh, Though I did laugh a few times, I thought the rollout was a little too cute. I think everything Kenny Omega does is like 25% too cute. He just needs to like chill just a little bit, just a little more chill out of Kenny would be nice. But yeah, these are minor complaints because overall I am very excited for the AEW game. But yeah, I'm not I'm not excited for how it looks. And the way they rolled it out, I feel like could have could have been better in terms of drawing in mainstream fans. You said it. You took the words right out of my mouth. Because this is also my rant of the week. And that is the rollout of and the pre not even the rollout, the presentation. So here's the thing about AEW. It's all fine and good when you do a segment that's all jokes and, and you know, happy-go-lucky because, you know, we're all used to watching Being the Elite. We're all used to indie wrestling and we're all used to wrestling in general and how wacky and crazy it can be. And ha- they have all these jokes and inside jokes and, you know, it wrestling is the best when it doesn't take itself too serious sometimes. Now, this was a corporate event. This was a corporate event that not only um, were you presenting to your fans, but you were presenting to a wider audience. And, you know, I'm taking a look at this from that wider audience point of view. This was a fucking joke. There was no way I would ever touch AEW if I was a casual person, media, being invited, watching this. Um, it, It was a joke. And I really hope that, you know, you don't have to take yourself corporate serious the way WWE does because they're a public company. But at the same time, you know, there are times to joke. There are times to be serious. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, like, yeah, I I, I can 100% agree with that, I guess. There was uh, there were laughs. But did there need to be laughs? Did did the whole thing need to be a comedy segment? Exactly. Like I don't know. That's my whole point, you know. Um, and and for a company that touts itself as being a pure sports company, they do like their lols a lot. They do love some lols. <laughs> love them some lols for sure. <laughs> so that you know, so we share the same rant. It was very close, very close to being, and we have to decide what the what the line is. 
is it Tuesday? Is it Wednesday? Um, because it was very close to being that Cody segment from Dynamite. I think I think it could just be anything of the past week, anything since last podcast that gets your dander up. You just you fire it up. But yeah, yeah that again, if it was unclear, that Cody uh, promo with I, I'm so sorry, I forget her name. The uh, the new heel Jade? that debuted that that apparently is Shaquille O'Neal's manager. I guess I uh, just I could not imagine a worse way to introduce Shaq versus Cody. Couldn't you know, imagine. You know what was very cringe there? I, I cringe anytime Brandy is on TV, but that back and forth with brandy was i was just like whoa it was whoa. just so weird it was just so out of character it was yeah. as though they were yeah they were she playing up like, some be, stereotypes I'm... you know and yeah. i was a little nervous I'm about that like, i'm gonna be like jerry springer character today like that's i'm gonna be like straight up like yeah like i don't know I, that was yeah that was that was uh that was weird. it was a very weird segment overall i'm excited to see cody rhodes versus shaquille o'neal if that's a wrestling match that's actually gonna happen but i'm just confused right now like i don't not in a good way either not not intrigued confused we don't need celebrities to build up our talent and make a spectacle out of things well apparently you do all did right. they say that? But they even even if they did say that, that's dumb of them to say. Yeah. Celebrities help. If they're gonna if they're gonna be respectful and understand the wrestling business and they're popular enough to get eyes, they always help. Yep. Anyway. And they have the T TNT link with, you know, the NBA on TNT. Um, so why not? Let's like, let's see where this goes. But to kick off a major angle, this was no uh Stone Cold Mike Tyson shove off. Let's just say that. No, oh, no sir. <laughs> not, not even close. <laughs> All right. Not even in the same universe. What? Uh, but but enough of enough of the negative. What made you pop? Well, what, well, uh, let's start with me, of course. I'll tell you what made me pop this week, Boris. And that was the idea of AEW making a video game in general. <laughs> just the fact, just the simple fact that they are trying earnestly to make a good game is so much more than you can say for a lot of sports games these days. They brought in people from no mercy and from WWF WrestleMania on the Nintendo 64. They're really trying to build something that people will like something that, that Kenny is Kenny said the words, something that's easy to play, but hard to master, which is the perfect kind of thing you want. Similar to a smash bros, similar to a fall guys in a way. I I'm very excited to see what they come up with. And just the fact that they're trying and they're not trying to UFC for it where the game is just based around emotes. <laughs> yes. Yes. And if you would like to hear more on Matt's rantings on UFC 4, make sure to <laughs> listen to our other show on the It's Canon podcast feed. And it's episode 22.2 where we talk our best and worst lists of PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. You got to love that shameless plug, buddy. <laughs> Beautiful. That was Mick Foley-esque. <laughs> All right, so the concept, the idea of a video game is what made you pop. Just the idea that they care and they're trying. They want to make a good game for fans and they're not just rushing out WWE 2K20 to please, you know, developers. You know what? And that's the thing. I, you know, I, I, I hope I don't sound too negative on AEW. I'm, like I said, I just hold them accountable now. Um, that's fair. And, uh... You know, one thing I do give them a lot of credit for is actually listening to the fans. You have to be very careful with listening to fans sometimes, though. Um, sometimes it's not the best way to go about your business. But 
the you know the fact that they do take their fans into consideration, the fact that they have respect for their fans. You know, for me, that's a huge plus for them. So, you know, I agree there. All right, so for me, my pop of the week was FTR versus Young Bucks. And that nice. is because I was not looking forward to this match whatsoever. But, it, you know, for me, that was the match of the night. Um, you already heard what we thought about it. But overall, that's the match that, you know, got my jollies up on a Saturday night. <laughs> gross but uh, no just, but uh no that, that match was incredible definitely the best match that we have watched for and and recorded for this podcast the best match that we have talked about so far on NXT TLK which uh hurts for the yellow brand cuz it's not a NXT match but hey this is the thing you know it's i was thinking about that's like it sucks but come on NXT got to put up your game put up your game you know, Absolutely. make sure that our rants stay with AEW and make sure that our pops are with you guys. This is a war, Boris. It's a war. Exactly. The wars. <laughs> oh, man. I feel sorry for anyone who thinks this is how the Monday Night Wars actually work. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is not close. It is the RC Cola versus New Coke of wars. It's not really a cola war. <laughs> Monday Night Wars was Coke versus Pepsi. Yep, so true. So true. All right, Matt, anything before we go? I think we covered it. I think we did a pretty uh, pretty workmanlike, decent job here, Boris. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm very much excited to see NXT next week. I'm excited to see AEW Dynamite next week. These Wednesday Night Wars are rolling on, buddy. They really are. All right. So this is the time of the show where Matt would be talking through all of our social media and email. But until we know the fate of this show, hopefully Jason Agnew, you know, spins a wheel and lets us know <laughs> whether we will go on to the Sunday Night Main Event Radio um, Network or whether we will stay on the It's Canon Podcast Network. We'll f know this in the next few weeks. But for now, I hope you continue listening here on the It's Canon Podcast Network um, and listen to all of the other shows because this week we had a lot to talk about. And Matt was gracious enough to join us as we talked video games, um, best and worst lists, as I already plugged. Uh, so Thanks thank again for having me. Oh, oh, you know it, man. It was a lot of fun. I, I listened back, and I was dying of laughter at times. <laughs> awesome. Glad All right. He's Matt. I'm Boris. This is NXT Talk. Goodbye. Stay safe out there. <laughs>